Welcome to the Multitask. This is John. It's your boy Friday. What's going on, guys? So right before we started our recording, and I'm probably letting in a little secret uh, when we record, but uh, the Supreme Court decided that they are going to send the ruling on uh, Mifeprestrone back to the crazy court in Texas. But what this, what this does, and, and I was watching, is basically they're saying, no, this ruling can't stand as is. They're sending it back. And I'm told that the earliest I'll probably hear this case would be September, right? And realistically, you'll have a situation where um, this ruling won't come out until maybe June of 2024. What's going on in June of 2024, my brother? Yeah, it's just right in the swing of um, important elections and stuff like that for November. Also, the conventions, right? Um, yeah, interesting, John. Can you tell me when it goes back to the Fifth Circuit, Fifth Circuit has to decide, and then maybe it goes to the Supreme Court? What are you hearing about actual logistics there? Well, so here, um, they keep the status quo. So that means it goes back to... Um, so uh, as a result of the Supreme Court stay, um, if a press drone remains available, Joe Biden said, the Supreme Court previously, uh, let's see, Ruth, I'm, I'm going through it real quick just to find the true di- timeline. Um, so realistically, there's it's going to be a while. I'm not sure. I think the timeline I gave you was more if it were to go back to the Supreme Court. But... Um, you know what? What it really means is this: it's going to remain accessible in states where it's legal. It's also going to be very hard to keep people from, um, you know, ordering it by mail, right? Um, and you know, essentially, what will happen is it's going to go through the system. But realistically, what you will not see is any kind of ruling. Um, let's see. So the appeals court has scheduled oral arguments for Wednesday. May 17th. All right. So it goes back to the U.S. Fifth Court of Appeals. But like I say, it's going to eventually go back to the Supreme Court. And the earliest the Supreme Court would be able to hear it, <clears throat> depending on how it goes, would be um, would be the fall with the ruling likely in June. So it's, go- it's going to be quite the, hum- as they say, quite the humdinger. And it's going to be, you know, I think it does more for them, you know, and you, you and I always, we know that the tendency is always to look at things through a political lens. And I think sometimes you and I understand the danger in always looking at things through a political lens. But in a, a presidential election year, I don't think, I think either way, whatever way it goes, it offers political advantage to the Democrats. Your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. 100%, John. It, just keeping in the news is always going to be good. And also, John, this isn't like, it's not Roe v's Wade, right? They're Republicans are going after drugs and birth control and hormone pills and just everything across the board. It's just only going to continue to get worse. They're going to, uh, I read somebody say this is a, a small win for Biden, but Republicans are going to continue to go after things. So uh, as long as they're going to continue to go after things, we'll continue to paint them as extremists, which they are. Uh, the most interesting part of this, John, obviously the uh, outside of the, the, most important thing, which is the fact that this uh, drug continues to be available for people who need it and want it. Um, did you see that Thomas and Alito dissented? Did you see Alito take a shot at Biden in his dissent? Did you see this? No, what he said, yeah. Uh, spill the tea, bro. Spill the tea. <laughs> like he said it in very uh, legal verbiage that law and order organized crime season three did not cover. But he was basically saying that part of the reason that he is dissenting or he's voting against or whatever the, whatever he said was he did not trust the Biden administration to obey a lawful order. So he basically said that he doesn't trust Biden or his administration to even listen to what the court says. And which is flabbergasting to me, right? Because Biden has taken a couple L's in the court system and they've obviously followed suit, but you need to look at a mirror with you and Thomas you guys are the ones that are, are not obeying uh, lawful rules and uh, even just decorum of the Supreme Court. Um, so that's another angle here that I think is interesting, that um, Republicans want to uphold the institution that is the Supreme Court, 
but it's the one they're the ones who are uh who are degrading it uh so i thought that was interesting a uh, little side note there no i agree it's look um what's good is for the near term most likely for over a year um Women throughout the country, regardless of their state, will have access to this drug, even in the states in which it's outlawed. You know, they'll still have that ability, you know, I'll be a little underground to receive the drug by mail because the main thing is it can still be sold. And and there will be people getting them into the into the states in which abortion span. There will still be some creativity in doing it, but at least, you know, it, it, it protects it. But. You know, one of the things I wonder is, remember, uh, and I've not heard anyone talk about this recently, but remember there was some discussion about how Walgreens had said, well, in the states where it's legal, we'll sell it, in the state, and in some states where it's legal, but the attorney general's against it, we won't sell it. Um, I wonder now if this changes even Walgreens' approach to the situation. That's interesting, John, because... I think this is only going to get worse, and here's what I mean by that. Florida legislator uh, passed a bill. Uh, they either passed a bill or about to pass a bill that says that doctors and provide healthcare providers can refuse treatment for anybody if it goes against their personal beliefs, which is on some level has to be unconstitutional because it doesn't matter what you believe. I'm just here to get medical treatment, right? Now, there, there is doctors who will respect your religious beliefs, right? Like Jehovah Witnesses don't get blood transfusion, stuff like that. But to do it the opposite of that is mind-boggling, right? That's what the Republicans, are, I think, are going to end up nationally, right? Part of the reason that they're going after uh, the LGBTQ, trans, all those people is because they're, it's a gateway to go after women and abortion, and it's a gateway to go after just everything that they don't believe in. And so... Um, you brought up Walgreens because they're kind of selectively choosing. And part of Walgreens decision was uh, Walgreens is a business, right? Walgreens is at the end of the day cares about their bottom line and they certainly don't want to get in trouble uh, with certain States, but they're kind of picking and choosing on the political battlefield. But what happened, even COVID John, right? We saw kind of this political turmoil under COVID where certain governors were just letting people die because of their personal kind of let's own the Democrats. Right. So, this is heading to a place where it's not viable for Republicans to live in to say, we want control over what you do, what you watch, what kind of content, the books, all that stuff is just anti-American. It's anti-freedom. It's anti um, what this country is built on. So um, I just think this is always going to be bad for them. Yeah, um, I agree. It's it, it will be fascinating to watch. It'll be fascinating to see uh, how folks move, how they, how, how you know, what, what ultimately comes of everything, but, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. So, uh, we'll see, um, the political stakes are high and there's a lot that's potentially, you know, at stake with this. But I, like I said, going back to the point that we made earlier, I do think that at the end of the day, it's a net positive for Democrats because, um, they will remind folks this is why you need to vote. This is why you need to vote. And 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 even if the Supreme Court ultimately rules in a favorable way, they can how close this came. They can say, "Look, we dodged a bullet. We can't take it for granted." So, um, you know, I I think at the end of the day, it it it, it will definitely uh, benefit uh, the Democrats politically. You know, Republicans could probably say, "Well, this is why you want to vote for us," but I think that what's happening especially when you see people like ann coulter saying whoa slow down here i think what's happening is the republicans on the issue of abortion are almost becoming that phrase the dog that caught the car right where they they finally got it and they're like they're realizing maybe this was not the best thing for us because now we have to deliver on some of these hardcore promises and these hardcore promises undermine our ability to attract new voters. Yeah, not only that, but you said something interesting about the dog and the car. They did, they were successful with overturning Roe. And then now it's like, okay, we re, we've been campaigning on that for how many years? What are we supposed to campaign on now, right? And it's almost like they have to find a new target. So they have to even get 
further right than they were before. And now they're going after trans people, birth control, right? Contraceptives. Like they just want to make America this kind of religious kind of Christian state and all the schools to be Christian based and all this other stuff. Uh, so that's a fascinating point that you bring there because they could have just kept campaigning on Roe, never actually overturned it, but kept campaigning on it and still would have probably kept their same voter base. And now they just have to go further and further to the right, which like you said, is going to cost them voters on some level. Um, well, well, not that though. I think the challenge that they have too is that they are in a situation. They are in a situation where um, they can't even. They can run a primary based on what they did on Roe, but in, but they can't even really run on what their accomplishments of Roe because that will undermine them in a general election. So you know, think about it. Democrats want health care. We everything we want. We can not only when we get it, there's no shame in promoting that to the larger public. But with the Republicans, when they get what makes their base happy, they have to shy away from that in a general election, right? There's nothing that the Democrats as a whole, you know, minus those people who talk about defund the police, right? Uh, But there's nothing that Democrats as a whole want that when they get it, it's a liability in a general election. Republicans, when they get what they want, it's a potential liability in a general election. I agree. I agree 100%. I think their plan is, I don't know, you can, you probably know this story, but there was, I want to say a woman congressman or, or something like that in Florida that was talking nationally. And she was saying that we have to start fighting uh, states that are doing um, ballot mail, like universal, right? Um go after college campuses and voting on college campuses. And she was basically identifying, we have to stop young people from voting because we're just going to continue to win, lose elections. So I think the Republicans plan is to continue to go for the right, but instead of trying to get voters, I just think they're going to try to stop voters from voting, unfortunately. Uh, so I think we have to have a response to that as well. Yeah. It will it will be fascinating, and we will see how it goes. You know, it's 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 always, it's it's there. But you know, um, I think we have to now do a rewind and go back to how the week started. Well, but I'm not sure which day it was. But um, Dominion and Fox settled. I will tell you, um, I am not amongst those who think this is bad, and I'll say more about it. But for those of you who don't know, Dominion and Fox News uh, settled. For seven hundred eighty-seven point five million, uh, it's you know they asked I think for one point seven, so they got a little bit less. Uh, but you know there was a reality that they might not even you know get all that. So I don't really hate on Dominion like others for settling. Uh, what are your thoughts? This is a good question. First, I don't think Dominion was in it for the money. I think the money was a cherry, right? I think they also have pending litigation against Newsmax, OAN, Sidney Powell, the pillow guy. Um, They have pending litigation. So I don't think any of this is about money. I think they took a massive PR hit and they fought back in the right way. And I think they kind of counteracted all that bad PR, right? Not a single person mentioned Dominion voting systems in 2022. So I think they won that part of it. What Dominion wanted was Fox to go on record and say we lied. And they succeeded in that. Um, So them settling the case, here's what I'll say. I don't think we were going to get more information out of Fox News that we didn't already have. Like, we've already embarrassed them. They already took the hit. There wasn't a bigger hit coming. It wasn't like they needed to go through um, evidence or they needed to go through um, litigation to find more things out. We knew everything that had happened. Fox News publicly got embarrassed. Everyone calls them liars. They they call themselves liars. Tucker Carlson text messages. We got we really when you're rinsing a, uh, a rag, we really kind of took everything out of it that we needed to get out of it. So it's not it's not that I'm mad that they settled. I just think in order to take down something like Fox News, and not that that's Dominion's goal, it wasn't clearly. But if we're gonna really counteract something like Fox News. When we have the foot on the neck, we have to we have to pounce on it. And so, Fox News doesn't need the money. I know everybody; it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong; nobody's going to want to give that up. Basically, sixty five percent of their profits for a year, they give up. But what I'm saying is, they're not going to go bankrupt because of this. And 
in a year, in two years, are we still talking about the fact that Fox News completely lies to their viewers? Maybe we are, but the general public isn't. So that's the only reason. I just think Dominion should have followed suit. But like I said, they have pending litigation, and and this has to come to an end at some point. So I'm fine with it overall. Yeah, well, here's a few things to consider. Um, I do think that in many ways they're in it for the money. Um, evidently, the because you realize that um, a lot of Wall Street bankers evidently backed Dominion, and their investment was 38 million, and so they're getting up. So, so Dominions, and remember this with corporations. And I don't, I think this is uncomfortable for people to speak talk about, but with corporations, their first obligation is to their shareholders. It's to their shareholders and their shareholders are whole. Secondly, you do realize that without a settlement, they could have won, Fox could have appealed, and we could have been another five, 10 years before Dominion saw any money. Dominion's gonna see money. And when you have when you have a settlement, there's no appeal, right? Um and 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 and, and the thing is is that um as Dominion said, um they have no control over the verdict, over the penalty. Here they have more control. I mean, they, you know, realistically, Fox could have maybe cost more money, but but again, might, they might have gotten more money, but Dominion may have never seen it or it may have taken forever to see. In addition, that people don't realize that uh, an apology might not have been an apology. Apology may never have come. So I think what I'm hearing from a lot of folks is that I don't think people realize that the fate that they expected that they expect for Fox had Fox been found liable and and you know all of the different penalties it might not have it still might have been dissatisfying and the reality is Fox told on themselves but more importantly more importantly unless you are literally going to put Fox out of business you, the Fox viewers, uh, do you really think that a jury trial or or a w- would have all of a sudden changed, you know, the opinion of Fox viewers? You know, so I think that there was some efficiency attributed to this. And the reality is, is that there's more certainty. And we could have gone through a long trial. And you and I both know when, whether it's a... Uh, uh, postseason basketball game or what have you, when something drags on, you can't, I mean, you are less efficient. We've gone through this whole trial and we still may have ended up where we ended up, right? Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, that that was good. But, you know, not only is Dominion still going after Newsmax and One America and a whole boat of Trump allies, don't forget Smartmatic is now up and they're going to come at Fox. So Fox is going to go through this all again. And my, you know, Smartmatic will then be able to go ahead and use everything that Fox already used. So it's not over yet. And, you know, Fox, uh, Fox is worth, I think, like eight or nine billion. And so to lose three, quarter of, three quarters of a billion uh, is still a big deal. So, um, of course, I would want more, but I just... I don't know. I I think the people really invested in being pissed at uh, Dominion for settling. I just think that they're, I don't think they're being realistic. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, dude, if you, if you had the ability to grab that bag, uh, you would have probably grabbed that bag. Right. Uh, So I, I can't hate, I can't hate on Dominion for doing what they felt was in their best interest. Yeah, like I totally understand their side. I also think, like I said, I actually don't, I really generally don't believe it's about the money. I think the money's great and they want the money. Anybody who gets that money is going to be fine. But um, I just really think they were after Fox admitting that they lied and, and to save their reputation. I think that was worth more than them than the money. And they got that as well. So it was kind of a win-win for them. I do agree it's not going to change anything from Fox viewers, um, especially, especially the fact that a lot of Fox viewers went to even far right wing uh, OAN and Newsmax, even worse, right? Um, yeah, no, I totally get. It. I also think this isn't the last. You talked about Smartmatic, but I think there's other things coming down the pipeline for Fox. I think this is the first dent in the armor of Fox News that I've ever seen in my lifetime. 
uh, that I've been paying attention to this. So I wonder if I always said that Pfizer should sue Fox News for say, basically saying that the, the um, vaccinations were ineffective against COVID. I think a lot of this is going to come. This might be the first opportunity where other companies look at it and say, oh, OK, this might be a, a path for us moving forward to to go against Fox News. So, um, hey, plus Fox News settled, right? They admitted, hey, we, we messed up. It was our fault. If 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 they went and, and were found guilty, they could say, "Hey, the, we the, the courts rigged against us," and all their fans and viewers would say it was rigged. Here's Fox News saying, "No, we messed up," and here's a, and we'll settle. So that's also a, a plus. Yeah. Um, well, and I, and I think the thing is, is that Dominion, while they might not have taken out Fox News. I don't necessarily think that um, One American Network or Newsmax or those individuals will have the resources to play ball. And I could see why Dominion might not knock off Fox, they might knock off those other two. And, and, and they said that the presence of the other two is kind of what made Fox uh, go further right when it should have been a little bit more moderate. So what is that, you know, does that change the landscape? But I heard one thing before we move on. I heard one thing that kind of angered me is that Fox News, um, for those of you, I'm going to get hyper-technical. I'm going to get hyper-technical about something that I have maybe a passing knowledge of. But Fox News doesn't really, unlike the other cable news networks, they don't really rely on advertising. They rely on what they call carriage fees. So, you know, when you pay your cable bill or your satellite bill or what have you, um, X amount of dollars goes to this channel, X amount of dollars. Well, evidently, um, Fox has some of the highest carriage fees, and there's some belief that Fox will basically cover this loss by raising their carriage fees. And the frustrating thing about carriage fees is that people who don't watch Fox News still pay for them because those carriage fees are part of the overall package. Um, and that's why a lot of times, you know how the NFL network's no longer carried on this provider or that provider? It's because they're fighting over the carriage fees in many cases. So I thought that was a fascinating thing to hear. As a Cubs fan who simply can't figure out how to watch the Cubs, I totally get it because they're not on any uh, any single uh, provider right now. But, um, yeah, that's a, that's a valid point. Um, you, you mentioned Newsmax and OAN. Like, those people were decimated by the fact that uh, I, I think DirecTV or some some dropped them and, and a lot of people weren't able to uh, get the channel and they lost a lot of money. So a lawsuit like this, like you're right, right? They don't have the resources to fight it. Uh, might might end up um, being the nail in their coffin for sure. Um, John, do you think, this is a question I always want to ask somebody who's smarter than me, who's smarter than us really. Is there any room with the, the age of misinformation, is there any room for legislation that could walk the very, very thin line of freedom of speech and just reporting lies? Is because there's satire, right? There's something like Stephen Colbert, which is um, taking real news and making fun of it in a real way, but also a fake way. So, what do you think that it's possible to thread that that needle? It's hard to say. It, 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 it's hard to say. You know, um, there's so much disinformation in this world right now. And um, the unfortunate thing is we no longer have a system in the U.S. where um, people who should be responsible parties are acting as responsible parties. And I'm talking primarily about the Republican Party. Um, the, you know, one of the things I think we, we're going to kind of skip ahead in the show prep, um, is, you know, Elon pulled the blue, the blue check marks this week, the, the, the blue checks. Um, and, um, immediately, uh, you know, there's been a lot of fraud accounts. I'm not sure if you saw that there was even a fake account from Lightfoot and, and the <laughs> Chicago Department of Transportation talking about some of the extreme efforts they're going to make to fight climate change. Um, so I think that unfortunately, um, the problem with disinformation is 
there are major institutions that are either contributing to the disinformation or not doing what they can to shut it down. So, unless, I mean, we, we may have to, like you said, we may have to change laws, but I don't know. I I am really anxious, and now especially that we have deep fakes and AI, and AI can do all sorts of stuff. You know, we got Drake in the weekend, maybe or maybe not coming out with a new song, right? Uh, uh, based upon AI, right? Uh, so... I'm really anxious about disinformation and the intersection of disinformation and technology. Yeah, the AI conversation really blew up this week because of the Drake and Weekend song. Um, it's it's scary. Uh, this this really, I think, came to fruition when the Anthony Bourdain documentary, because the, the director of that documentary used AI to recreate Bourdain's voice and say something in the documentary in a narration that Bourdain never said in real life. So it, it, it's crossing ethical lines and, and with the stakes aren't high, right? A Bourdain documentary isn't high. A Drake song, the stakes aren't high. There's no victim. There's no loss there for somebody listening to the song. But I, I, I saw an AI of Joe Biden, and Donald Trump rapping uh, the Kanye West and Jay-Z song Paris you can say the full title, I won't. I saw that. And so when I start thinking of that, I start thinking of can can AI fool somebody enough to do something that maybe they think Biden said or Trump said or their local official said or an official said, right? Um, that's where it's going to really get into scary legal territories. Uh, Universal, like not to get into the AI conversation, but you brought it up, right? Universal Music Group came out very strongly against this and, and, and pending lawsuits are happening and the copyright infringement and all that stuff. But again, it's just such a, such a world that the stakes aren't really too high. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's scary. I'm anti, I know I'm younger and I'm into the VR and all that stuff, but I'm anti all of this. I think it's, it's once you start playing in it, you, I think you get lost in it very, very fast. So I'm, I'm refusing to play in it at all. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's, it's it's fascinating. It it truly is. And so going back to your question though, I it's weird because I guess I'm just so frustrated not by the technology, but by the just lack of morals of folks who who um who should do a better job of being gatekeepers in a situation. I'm just I'm just really frustrated by the lack of just responsibility out there. And, you know, it but it, but think about it. It goes back years before we even got into AI, before we even really got into Twitter. The fact that there's always been, you know, you're not you're, you you hold the expression you're entitled to your own opinion, you're not entitled to your own facts. But tragically, um too many people for years have gotten away and too many institutions and political parties have gotten away with their own sets of facts. You know, we no longer argue about whether or not a woman has the right to choose. We no longer argue about whether or not folks have, uh, you know, with issues around trans and gender identity, uh, non-binary. Nobody's arguing facts anymore. And on, I'm talking about not on our side, but on the other side. And there it's everything is based upon misrepresentations right everything you know the minute the guy shot up the uh bank in louisville they looked at his linkedin profile and he had his pronouns and people were merely saying his pronouns caused it right um i don't know so i i i think the challenge that we have right now is that there's too many people almost half at least i won't say half this country but half the people who are engaged in some level of the political process um, do not care to, are, are morally corrupt. And that is a problem, in my opinion. And uh, these issues around misinformation and everything else will never be solved until we address that larger problem of the fact that at least 50% of the people, or close to 50% of people who play in a political world, who vote, who work for candidates, are supportive of really, really immoral things. And when I mean immoral, I'm talking about really using misinformation 
to advance public policy. Yeah, you, you, I think that's fa- I think the conversation is fascinating because that same group, John, that same group of people that you're referring to are the ones that are preaching Jesus and the Bible and how they have the moral high ground because of religion. And they do everything opposite of what something or some entity like Jesus would tell them to do, right? Um, that's I think it's just a fascinating psyche. Um, I think this has to get legislated out. I really do. I think there's a reason you can't say bomb on an airplane. There's a reason you can't say bomb in a movie theater. Um, there's a reason that you can't say, uh, here's a Drake concert happening next week and sell tickets. And then there's no Drake concert happening. Right. There's, there's laws around all of this. I think that's the way you really try to get around it is, you cannot go on primetime TV and say things that are so untrue that um, that fools people. Now, it's, it's like I brought up earlier, it's just such a fine line, right? Because um, maybe this has to do with labeling, right? Colbert was like the Colbert show specifically was always labeled a satire. So nobody believed it. And maybe you just have to have Fox News have a disclaimer that says we are not saying factual things up here, right? I don't know. I don't know how to legislate it against, against it, but trust me, I was, I, I edited commercials for national TV. The disclaimers, we had an entire legal teams looking at disclaimers to make sure that what we were saying was not misleading in any way. And here's a, a news station that uh, the Republican Party entire listens to that gets their entire news from, and they're just allowed to say whatever they want. So I hope that um, I just think I, my personal opinion that this has to get legislated out is the only way because those guys are morally corrupt and they're never going to change. Yeah, yeah, it's that that is the case. Um, speaking of morally corrupt, so earlier this week, um, they actually had a hearing in New York. Jim Jordan took to a House Judiciary Committee in New York, I believe it was on Monday, um, to really kind of try to intimidate, harass, and embarrass. Alvin Bragg. And as, as with all of these show hearings that the Republicans are putting on, I think it backfired on them. Um, you know, um, and then we're going to go on to the Mayorkas, but, but we're going to talk with, with, with the judiciary hearing initially. Um, did you, did you catch any of the, uh, any of that hearing? Honestly, no, I caught the one clip of Nadler talking about crime, uh, in New York because that's what the whole thing was about. So, um, that was the viral clip that kind of went um, this week, and we'll talk about the MCG stuff later. But um, I don't, I don't think they had a single hearing that went their way. Every single hearing they've had so far has been just the opposite of what they wanted, what they intended. Which goes back to my theory that they're just not even good at doing the, the small stuff. They're really just incompetent governors. They have no idea what they're really doing. Um, New York is better on crime than Jim Jordan's home district. Now, the question I have for you, and before we get into MTG and all that stuff, is it enough that they embarrass themselves and then you can move on? Or should we hold a press conference in Jim Jordan's district talk about crime? Like, How petty should we get, John? Well, we really don't have, just so you know, we really don't have the opportunity to, to do that because, I mean, we could do a Democrats-only hearing. Uh, they do have the power to gavel and the power of the, to call their own things. You could do field hearings just a, in a partisan way. But I think that, you know, that's how in many ways um, I think we were able to have a very successful January 6th commission is, you know, we were able to really truly um, get folks to, um, you know, see a level of bipartisanship and, by the Republicans not participating in the nine, in the January 6th hearings, I think they weren't able to put up an adequate defense. I think the more that we play on their field, as long as they're the, the majority party, the more we play on their field and embarrass them on their own field, I do think it's much more effective to being on our field because what what happens is there's going to be a preacher, preaching to the choir element, right? And what's ha- and and right now we're allowed they're preaching to the choir but we're also contesting them in front of their people. If we went ahead and did our own hearing, say in Mansfield, Ohio, um, realistically only our people would see it. None, no people on the, on the right would watch it. So I, I do think it makes sense to 
um, continue to participate. And like I say, um, you and I both understand like all the different elements with the January 6th hearings. But the one thing that I just think was, you know, really just negligence on Kevin McCarthy's part was to decide that he wasn't going to appoint anyone allowing Pelosi. Remember, he had appointed some folks and Pelosi rejected them. So then he pulled everybody off um, where he basically ceded the high ground. And because there's reasonable Republicans, I know they're few and far between, uh, who might listen to a Kissinger or Cheney, I think they were effective. So I, I don't want to play this Democrats only game strictly because does our base really need anything? Maybe we might move some independence, but I don't, I, I don't think, I think it would have been just an exercise that would not have led to much on our, to our benefit at much, at all. Well, you broke it down actually really beautifully. I actually agree with everything you said. I think you let them self-destruct and you take advantage of it, but there's no reason to, to go further. But I will say this. I don't know Jim Jordan's district well. I'm sure it's super red. But if I'm running against Jordan, Jim Jordan as a Democrat, I might do something like this. I might point out the fact that he's spending time in New York trying to make fun of New Yorkers when the crime in his district, and I'd make it more local. But again, that's not a Democratic. That like I don't want Harrison involved in that or nothing like that. But if that candidate was going against Jim Jordan, that's something I would do. Same thing with MTG. I think that's was something that – I forgot the gentleman's name who almost beat Bobert in 22. Um, that's something I think he did effectively was saying, what is she actually doing? She's just trying to be a political superstar and follow Trump and, and McCarthy. And yet she's not taking care of her own district. But Denver's obviously a little bit, or Colorado's obviously a little bit more blue than um, MTG in Ohio specifically. So I do agree with you, but I also think that an opponent of Jim Jordan or maybe uh, Ohio local officials can do something like that because it's much more of a local thing. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, one of the things so that that shows you how stupid, before we move on to Namayorkas, is one of the people who testified this week very passionately, um, tearfully, Alvin Bragg's evil, is a woman who lost her boyfriend or spouse in 2004 or 2005, and it wasn't even in New York City, it was in New Jersey. You would think that, now there was a very compelling woman, uh, there was a, you know there was a few compelling stories, but even as the compelling stories, you could tell that the people were being taken advantage of. And at one point, the Democrats even said it, and one of the ladies, you know, really reacted angrily. But that, there probably were a lot of compelling stories, but they were going so much for the shock value. I don't think that they were all that effective. I think all they did was reinforce to um, the people on the right what they already feel. And all they did was to the people on the left is they reinforced to us that, you know, the Republicans are not above manipulating uh, the narrative to, to their advantage. Yeah. Also, Democrats are just historically better on crime than Republicans are. I'll never forget the fact that Trump, during the 2020 election, showed cities burning down under Trump and said, this could be Biden's America. It was Trump's America. He was basically saying, look, the stuff's on fire. I set it on fire. But look, it's going to be like that under him. And so I'm glad that Democrats are pointing out the obvious, right? It's just this idea that... Um, Republicans are taking advantage of people, which they always do. And they always do this with the State of the Union. They bring some story up there and they stick them in the gallery and try to get applause and stuff like that. But the fact is they vote against every single piece of legislation that will help those people. Um, also, John, I, obviously I don't feel bad for anybody who's gone through anything. But um, a lot of the people who are, are victims also continue to vote for people who continue to make the problem worse. So. I'm glad the Democrats fight back. I think they've done, I said it a million times. I don't mean to beat a dead horse. I think they've done an amazing job of, of messaging since 2018. I think it's been flawless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's crazy. So now let's move on to the Mallorca's hearing. And I think, you know, there is a lot going on. I do think that Dan Goldman is probably going to be 
the Republicans uh, worst nightmare. I I know some of my progressive friends in New York are not in love with him and they have some issues with him. But I think uh, as you and I know, both know as sports fans, um, there's position players and his position is to be basically, well, there's a lot of Democrats in Congress who are, who are uh, not only lawyers, but prosecutors. I think he's one of the, I think he's got a role to play and that's not to, to suffer fools kindly. And what he did, the owning of MTG, uh, where he basically, uh, and, and it, was, it was a team effort. It was him. It was Benny Thompson. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, there was some stuff I learned there that I never knew. Like, if you strike uh, words, then that person can't talk for the rest of the time. They played her like a fiddle, man. And it was really fun watch. These guys are out. You talk about it all the time. We talk about it off the record. The difference between a major leaguer and, and, and an amateur, right? Like, these people know what they're doing. They're smart. They're capable. And they're, it's like basically stealing candy from a baby, right? MTG's face when she realized she couldn't ask any more questions was so priceless. It's like that one player who takes a dirty hit and he gets the dirty hit, but he gets ejected. He's like, oh, I don't know why I did that because now I can't play anymore. Um, was fascinating. Um, here's what's crazy, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and this is how I know that the Republicans are very ineffective. I actually don't know why Miracus was there. This is me who pays attention so well. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. I don't know what they're blaming him for. They're trying. They're trying. And so to build I know a case that they're messing with him. They're they're trying. Yeah, to build but the, a case what's the main What's their main point? What's their main thesis? Something I get about the border. The border something crisis. about the border. Yeah, something about the border, right? So it's just fascinating. She called him a liar. She's she is deplorable. I'm going to use Hillary's word. Shout out to Hillary. She is deplorable, and she also said. So I forgot who she said was sleeping with a Russian spy, Chinese spy, I think uh, Swalwell, right? So just fascinating to see what they'll stoop to. And it always backfires against them. What what an awesome day that was when she was getting embarrassed. But I'll see, here's the thing. And I don't know how we message on it. and But I do believe that one of the problems that the Republicans are going to continue to have is that they continue to not take advantage of their uh, very slim majority. And there might, I don't know, well, with this being divided, with it being a very close Senate in a Democratic White House, I'm not too really sure what all Republicans could be accomplishing, but I think they need to be, look, I don't think they're making good use of their time. And I'm not saying that from a partisan perspective. I'm saying it from a strategic perspective, right? What would Nancy Pelosi do if she was in Kevin McCarthy's position? I think she'd be a lot more effective. Oh, yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not even close. They're not effective. They're just not. They, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to do it even. Even the low-hanging fruit, they seem to really mess up and botch. Um, it's interesting because the Senate is much more, and that just goes back to leadership, right? The Senate's really knows what they're doing when they're in control, right? Mitch McConnell is a master manipulator. He's effective at his job. He's evil and I hate him, but he's just good at it, right? And the other side of it's so incompetent. It's not even it's not even a competition. So that's why we were talking earlier. It was like, yes, do we want all three? Sure. But I think having the House and the White House is not as good as having the Senate and the White House. Maybe, right? That's arguable. But I guess what I'm saying is, we knew that they were going to botch this so bad, and it's much easier to take over the House than it is the Senate. So I'm actually very confident in 24, um, depending on what happens in the Senate. Obviously. Right, and and you know um, you 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 you're doing exactly what I said, um, which 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 I think is important is McConnell. In McConnell is definitely a big leaguer. You know, you and I don't like him. We think he's full of crap, you know, you know, I'd love to, you know, can't, can't stand them. But I do really, truly believe that, um, I do really, truly, truly believe that, uh, he is at least a big leaguer. And that's what I've been trying to say is that 
some people know how to play a game and play it well. And I think he 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 plays it crooked, but he's in that league, right? He's in that league where he understands. And I do think that um I do think he is completely as as a as the majority or as a minority leader with a slim minority, I do think he's outperforming McCarthy as a as the speaker with a slim majority. I think I I you and I both hate McConnell. I would not piss down his uh, uh, throat if his heart were on fire, but um, I'd much rather have McCarthy as my leader uh, than I mean I'd much rather have McConnell as my leader than McCarthy. <laughs> you, you made that same joke last week, so I'm like my same joke last week. I would never pass up an opportunity to piss on Mitch McConnell. Um, yeah, clearly. Like, I don't want either of them, but but McConnell, I think, um, at least he can control it, right? And McCarthy is just so out of control. Um, apparently, he McC- McConnell's, McConnell is um, – I'm going to date date myself, and you might not remember these days because I'm going back to the bad boy uh, Pistons. But um, McConnell is Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer was the thug on the court for the Pistons that you hated. But if he ever put on your team's jersey, you'd be the biggest fan ever. And so I, I, I look, I, I call McConnell a, a Bill Lambert, Lambert-esque in that I hate his ass. He's a goon, but I would not mind having a goon like that fighting for, for fighting for my side. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you mentioned this all the time with Trump. I think people want... There's some progressives, some Democrats who want that version on our side, right? If we had somebody as shrewd as Mitch McConnell, who's as effective as Mitch McConnell, but was doing it for good reasons, uh, we would totally love that. We would totally want that. You know, I'd totally sign up for that. Um, the problem is, obviously, he uses it for what he uses it for, and he's so he's so awful. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think I think they're running into the ground as everyone expected. Right. So. One of the things that I think we, and we could probably spend the rest of the show on this because we're in our last 13 minutes or so, but Elon pulled, well, he had a bad week. Not only did his rocket pull, blow up, but he all of a sudden started, he, he also started uh, pulling the blue checks. And uh, you saw that, it was funny because I sent you that one piece and I talked about, they talked about the amount of uh, legacy blue checks that converted like there's like 400 and some thousand legacy blue checks globally and only like 14,000 or 17,000 actually uh joined Twitter blue and um someone said that like that was before yesterday and so essentially when you look at the number of people who had everything pulled who increased um it, they only made like $230 <laughs> increased sales and, you know, I've, I'm not sure if you've seen this phenomenon, and I predicted it, and two or three people, high, higher profile, former Legacy Blue Checks, have said the same thing. It's that there's a lot of, not only are the Legacy Blue Checks not signing up, some of the non-Legacy Blue Checks, knowing that it makes it look like this, you know, the that, that meme, this MFR, uh, you know, paid for, for Twitter, they said that there's a lot of Twitter Blue users who are literally saying okay what am i paying for because the blue check has no value so why would i even pay for it yeah i have so many comments about this first of all the spin on that rocket blowing up was like oh it was supposed to blow. get out of here that was not supposed to do that it blew up you failed accept it that's one two you mentioned something at the end is like the blue check is now the equivalent of the maga hat so we saw at the end there, Elon was paying for a couple of those. And he paid for LeBron's, basically. He was paying for LeBron's blue check because LeBron had famously tweeted that he's not paying. And, right? Steve, and Stephen King, Stephen King. Yeah. I bring up LeBron because I happen to be moving. My, in my car, it's all streaming Spotify, so I don't listen to the radio anymore. But I was happening to move somebody's car today, and I heard a local radio station here in Chicago talk about how Elon got rid of all these black celebrities' checks, but he kept LeBron's. And so I wonder if LeBron requests for it to take down because it's so uncool that LeBron doesn't want to be associated with all these other things. So I wonder if that also backfires on Elon. But I want to talk about something, John. I want to talk about two things. I think this isn't about money. I know you mentioned 230. It's an embarrassment. 
Elon doesn't want the money. I don't. I don't think he cares about the eight dollars. I think he wants to destroy what the blue check meant, which was there is a cool class that I'm not a part of, and I'm going to make sure that the the cool class loses their their badges. That's what this is about. He wants to ruin what the blue check meant. He's successfully done that. He also wants to ruin Twitter, which he's successfully done that. Um, the plan here wasn't money. The plan here was to make Twitter into his voice. He wants to be known as the Zuckerberg of Twitter. I don't know if you noticed, when you go to your like your mentions, it'll say at the top, all oh, people you should follow, Elon Musk. Like He's pushing his account. I think his goal is maybe to be the most followed account, or he just wants to be this, right? He wants to, Twitter to be his. Um, I also just want to talk about the blue check in general. A lot of people were jealous of the, I never had a blue check, so I really don't know what it meant. I never wanted it. I don't have followers. Like it's nothing that I aspired to be. People, I think, wanted it so bad because they wanted to be part of. It's the same way Facebook started. When Facebook started, John, you remember, you have to be part of a college or a frat or something exclusive. And that's what I think a lot of these people thought the blue check was, is we're part of this exclusive thing on Twitter. All the blue check was, was when Halle, this, this, when Halle Berry says, this is her, we, we fact check this and this is Halle Berry's account. So when she sells you something or when Rihanna sends you, sells you fancy or when LeBron sells you vodka or whatever it is that it's coming from a reliable source. And that's our, that's our, uh, uh, responsibility. It's not that I'm cooler than you. That's not what the blue check is. Celebrities don't care about the blue check. It's just to rid out fraud and misinformation. But that's what Elon did it, right? So I just want people to... There's, there's a conversation happening on Twitter, I'm sure you know, that people are saying, oh, celebrities pay $10 million a year on dresses. They can't pay $8 a month. It's not about the money. It's just the blue check was there to help them be on the platform, to say, hey, there's not imposters, there's not frauds, I could be on this platform safely. You've gotten rid of that, and so you've gotten rid of the core of Twitter on some level, because now, like you said, with, with Mayor Lightfoot and other platforms, you could just pretend to be whoever you want to be. I just want them to know that it's not about coolness, it's just about protecting the consumer base. And anybody who has a blue check at this point is... At this point, the blue check outside. I so the John the yellow check is for like official accounts and stuff like that, right? Right. I think uh, gray is the. Um, I think gray is the check mark that like elected officials get. So, for instance, on the person I work with on the official account, they get a gray uh, get a gray mark. On the uh, political one, we just lost the blue mark entirely. Right. So, um, but I, I'm going to give you a scenario and I'm going to date myself and um, I'm not sure how many old heads are listening. And maybe even when I give you this old head example, it might not necessarily be uh, relatable to a lot of folks. But back in the 90s, when I was working at the height of the entertainment industry in my 20s, which was still a great job, I can't believe some of the experiences I had there um, at multiple clubs, but two in particular for me. Um, the drink, which was on Fulton, and China Club, which was also on Fulton, uh, they had VIP rooms. And to be a VIP in the VIP rooms, you had to be a VIP, a very important person. And oftentimes they give you a VIP card. And in addition to the VIP card, there's, you know, you could call them, you put on the VIP list. But what, when you really were a VIP, and I can't believe I had this status, you would walk up the bouncer would see you and just slap your hand, give you a pound, and you were in. You didn't even have to flash your card because you were a legit VIP. And when you got into the VIP room, sometimes you might drink for you the whole night, but at the very least, there was either a shot or a round on the house. Then in the 2000s, they introduced a concept called VIP bottle service, where you spend $300 for a bottle, and they come out with the sparklers, and you get to sit off in a roped-off section, and everybody would gawk. That's Twitter blue. VIP, the VIP room that I experienced in the 90s was legacy 
verify Twitter. VI, the, the VIP bottle service, if you have to pay $300 for a bottle, you are not a VIP. You're a sucker. You are a sucker, right? Because when I was in the VIP room, and, and I don't think they have the traditional VIP room anymore, but when I had that VIP room status, you would get in there, you'd buy a la carte, or like I say, if they weren't comping around or the entire night, you know, you definitely weren't paying an exorbitant price. You weren't getting taken to the bank. And I'm telling you, VIP room of the 90s is 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 verified legacy verified twitter um vip bottle service is twitter blue and there's a difference because i will tell you this once i would go because oftentimes the vip rooms had their own entrance once you would get to a club and there was a line for vip i would stop going why because if there's a line for vip that means there's too many VIPs and they're just making any and everybody a VIP. So that's how does that metaphor, does that analogy make any sense to you? Kudos to you, John. I think that's broken down well. Um it's it's perfect because it really explains the bigger picture here. The the latter VIP experience that you're talking about, bottle service and all that other stuff, was was selling exclusivity to the people who never had exclusivity. The people who were always on the outside, who wanted to be a VIP, who felt like they were a VIP and never had the experience, they were selling that to the suckers that you're mentioning. And that's what Musk is doing. Musk was jealous that he wasn't part of the cool club and all his right-wing friends weren't part of the cool club. And he's like, all right, I'm going to get rid of the cool club and I'm going to make my own cool club. And then it turned out to be a, a club of suckers and uncool people. So I think your analogy is perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I experienced it firsthand, and it, it was something that, you know, it was funny, I'll never forget. Um, I had a boss who was one of the more powerful people in the entertainment industry in Chicago, and he was really low-key. He had two things. He had a BMW, but it was like the cheapest BMW, and, it, and it, on the license plate it said showbiz. And he had only one other extravagance, and his extravagance was... um. I don't ever want to wait for a table in Chicago. Those were his, he was, he was low key, but his, his attitude was don't forget. And you know, I worked in the film industry and then I worked just straight entertainment. But before I worked for Planet Hollywood, I was just a film publicist. But part of the attraction, what gave me that status was that any given day, I could walk into your restaurant, your nightclub, your bar, your lounge with some of the most famous people in the world. Because when they came to Chicago and they would often come to Chicago to do interviews, to do the Oprah show, all that other stuff, we were the ones who were basically their chaperones for uh, 24 of the 48 hours, right? And so what happened with myself and my boss was people knew that. And so they would roll out the red carpet and John's attitude was simply, look, because of me dining in your restaurant and bringing celebrities to your restaurant, you get your name in the paper. So all I ask is that I never have to wait for a table when I come to your restaurant. But it's it, it and but think about it. That's the exact same concept, and that's why it makes sense for people like in, like organizations like NPR and others to leave Twitter because what people don't understand about the social media business model is we whether it's the high-profile users or just the everyday rank-and-file users, we provide the traffic, and then the companies are able to then turn around and sell to advertisers and everything else, our eyes, right? And so, you know, I think that was the thing that uh, NPR said was that, um, look, our articles, the stuff, it's still going to get out because many of the users will still treat them and post them, but they also noticed they were not getting that much traffic from Twitter. So if anything, they were providing content for Twitter and it, it was not a, it was it was not an equal relationship. It was it was really of a one-sided relationship. I give you content, but what are you giving me? Yeah, I mean, the what you're saying John is the obvious, right? But that's what I'm trying to say with with generally we've had this conversation on Twitter is Musk doesn't Musk doesn't want NPR there. He doesn't want anybody who can provide legitimacy on Twitter because he wants it completely, I wouldn't say illegitimate. He just wants chaos 
and he wants to be able to be the only kind of legitimate thing on Twitter. That way he could be the, he could be the king of his castle. So I also think he's just dumb. Like I, I just, I just succumb to the fact that I don't think he's smart at all. Uh, having a billion dollars or how much money he has doesn't mean anything to me. Tesla's a failure. SpaceX is a failure. The only reason Tesla didn't go under was because of government subsidies, which Democrats gave him. So it's just funny to me that he's praised as this god amongst a certain crowd, but I don't think anybody that I respect really thinks he's a smart guy, to be honest. Yes, yes. So... You know, on that note, we just wanted to remind people his rocket blew up and he's trying to act. He literally <laughs> tried to pull a we meant to do that on that, you know, which is which is actually it's like when you trip and fall and you, you know, when you trip, you don't fall. But when you trip and you try to play it off like you didn't just trip, that's what he's doing. But uh, on that note, I think it's time to sign off. So for now, this is John signing off. This is Fatty signing off. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. <laughs>